Hey, Glory here with Successful Marketing Group. As you know, I work with local businesses, and right now, I'd love your help in supporting local Twin Cities restaurants. This month, I'd like to spotlight Day by Day Cafe. They've been a St. Paul institution since 1980. My daughter and I have been going there for almost 20 years. They're family-owned and loved for their scratch kitchen breakfast and magical outdoor patio with koi pond. Oh, and their new wood-fire pizzas are a big hit. Go to my Instagram at SuccessfulBizOwners for more info on them. I want to start this edition of the Cheryl Reeve Show off by pointing out that while, yes, you know, women's basketball represents equality and equity, and we talk about it in those terms sometimes, I don't want to make it sound like this is castor oil. This is ice cream. This women's tournament has been a blast, just like so many WNBA seasons, so many Lynx seasons have been a blast. So is it the right thing to do to support women's sports? Yes, but it's also fun. Cheryl, this has been a great tournament. Uh, it really has. Uh, really exciting. And I, I just got back from being in San Antonio. And, and you know, it's obviously a different environment without not being able to have as many people there as we all would like. Um, you know, it, it was, it was, uh, even still, even though the Alamo dome is so massive, it was split in two in terms of having two courts, you know, a North court and a South court. Um, but there's still somehow this, uh, this, uh, energy was kind of just, you know, filtrated the whole, the whole Alamo dome in terms of, uh, the play on the floor, you know, the energy and excitement from the players, you know, the March madness feeling that we all talk about, that's not reserved for the men's game. It actually uh, happens in the women's game as well. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, in terms of the final four itself, I think we're in for some really exciting games and, uh, you know, some of the teams that were sent home were awfully good. And, and so those teams that were able to, to get through, to be just four left, you know, just really incredible accomplishment. And we're recording this on Friday afternoon. By the time you hear this, the semifinals may have, or even the finals may have been played. So we're not going to talk too much game specific stuff because it might be dated by the time you hear this. We like to handle more big picture topics on this show, but I will say that, uh, man, I mean, the final four is just filled with great storylines, great matchups. Paige Beckers, as a freshman, wins the National Player of the Year award. Uh, she's been remarkable. And, uh, you know, we got to see Caitlin Clark play. We got to see a great Baylor-UConn game. Uh, South Carolina with Don Staley. You know, that's, I mean, there are three all-time Hall of Fame coaches, at least, in this Final Four. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's really what was striking, too, each time, you know, because obviously being a, a coach and having done this for a long time, and I'm, I'm sort of well-versed in, you know, the college coaching and, and styles of play. Each time there was a team that came out there, I thought, God darn, they're really good. Next coach over on the other side, wow, they're really good. Uh, so the game is full of really, really good coaches. And, and uh, you know, that was on display as well. And, you know, you've worked closely with two of them, Gino Ariema and uh, and Don Staley is, you know, heads of Team USA Basketball. Are are there any similarities? I mean, there are usually similarities between good coaches, but they do seem to be slightly per different personalities. Are there similarities between those two? I don't see many, yeah. <laughs> to, be on with, to be honest with you. I, I don't, you know, obviously the, the will to win might be the common thread, but I think that's true for, for some of the, all four coaches that are there. Um, uh, I, maybe, maybe what I would say is that the similarity would be, uh, and I've always said this about Dawn, you know, sometimes when a, a player – turn coach, it takes them a while to figure out what's important in terms of establishing a successful team. And to me, the most important thing is knowing your identity, 
you have to have an identity by which uh, every single day it's reflected on the court. And the players know it. Everybody knows it. Any recruits know it. If I go there, this is my thing. Uh, Dawn did that very early in her career, and she has absolutely hung her hat on the ability to stop people from putting the ball in the basket. Uh, they've won, you know, a multitude of games in, in that way. Um, you know, whereas, uh, you know, Gino having done it a lot longer, uh, than Don, uh, his early part of his career, you know, I always talk about this in the mid eighties when he first got the UConn job. Um, I don't know that I remember as much then as I, you know, as I got when I when or that I came to know as I got into coaching, uh, Gino has, um, a real flair for the offense in terms of teaching, players how to play. So his identity is to make sure that players don't, um, don't just play, don't, don't just do what he asked them to do. He doesn't, if you're overplayed, if a defense takes something away, which is what great teams will do, especially when you get this far that you've got to have some ability to keep playing. And I think that Gino has mastered that and, and his players, once they've spent four years there, when they come out and, and I've had however many, you know, in my time as a professional coach, you don't have to coach those players through offense. Uh, but, you know, I think is underrated as a defensive coach because absolutely that matters a lot to him as well. But I would say that, that the offense and the coaching of just playing is, is uh, Gino's identity. So uh, Tara Vanderveer, you know, kind of the same thing, you know, they, I think there's probably more similarities between uh, Tara and Dawn in terms of what they demand from their players uh, physically, mentally. Um, and then let's not forget Adia Barnes. Shout out to yeah. Adia Barnes, one of the links, one of the first uh, or the only uh, uh, former links to have ever taken her team to a women's Final Four. So hopefully we're going to have another in Lindsay Whalen. Uh, the timing would be great for next year. So hopefully let's let's speak that into existence for her. But uh, next year, that would be a lot of fun. That would be. That would be. So, yeah, Dia Barnes, uh, I, I said this. I went and watched a couple of prospects a couple of years ago. I think I've said this with regard to WNBA coach openings, uh, that Adia Barnes should be on every WNBA team's list. Uh, she's, you know, she's coaching at her alma mater. There's a lot of things that she would like, um, you know, about being there. Uh, but her name needs to be talked about more in terms of some of the great coaches in the game, great young coaches. Uh, same thing. You know, she has an identity. Uh, she's a great recruiter and then has an identity as far as how her team plays. There has a, a professional feel to it. So, so all of them, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been, it's a bun, been a fun journey this season, watching them navigate the difficulties, uh, in college athletics with regard to the pandemic. Uh, and then, you know, like, like a Stanford, uh, was on the road for, I believe what they say it was nine weeks. Mm-hmm. They, they did, they were never home for nine weeks. Uh, they had to leave their County because their County wasn't permitting them to, to gather that sort of thing. So really incredible and, and very deserving award uh, for Tara Vanderveer to, you know, to be the coach of the year. Do you know coach Barnes? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, so Katie Smith played with Adia mm-hmm. uh, here in Minnesota mm-hmm. and then just, you know, just our journeys, uh, you know, competed against not me as a player, but obviously me as a coach when she was a player. And uh, we spent some time together when, when she became uh, uh, the coach at Arizona. All right, I want to talk about a couple of butts here in a second. We do want to introduce the show. This is the Cheryl Reeves Show, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see all the shows as they were released. Easiest way to listen is to subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's a free service, but you can always go to the website. We do appreciate it. Wherever you listen, please recommend and rate us. Thanks to our longtime producer, Brandon Morton, and our sponsors. You heard about Successful Marketing Group from with Lori Ramsey before the show. Thanks also to Rudy Luther. 
Cara Quinn, your Vibe Realtor and Bonfi Home Services. And also I'll be starting up my own talk show. First edition is my thoughts on everything in Minnesota sports plus uh, an interview with Derek Falvey, the Twins boss, hoping to do a WNBA figure next week uh, to wrap up the, the women's final four. Uh, and you can find that, of course, at talknorth.com as well. Thanks for all the support that has helped us get this this point with this network. Uh, so the two butts. Uh, first of all, what's up Draymond Green's butt? What is up with this guy? <laughs> you know, I, I, this is really kind of, I think it started off as something where he actually thought he was in some way supporting yeah, what the so. women were saying. <laughs> it's devolved into something that's not so supportive. Uh, and so I think he took offense to the attacks uh, or what he perceived as attacks when um, very, very prominent WNBA stars, um, you know, chimed in on the conversation just to try to, to share with him, uh, dude, we're not the problem. Women are not the problem, no. you know, and, and his solutions. It's just like, you know, for as smart as a guy is, it really seems that he is. Um, you know, knows a lot of things about, you know, a, a fair amount of things, mostly basketball. Uh, but he he just, you know, like, it, it, you know what it is? I think there's a lack of real understanding. He's not immersed. He doesn't have a daughter. Um, you know, conversely, Steph Curry has, has a daughter. And I think you see how when you have a daughter and you see what opportunities don't exist, you naturally are more exposed to it and you dive deeper into it to understand these things and educate yourself. I think Draymond's missing that component to kind of go, you know what, there's this issue. I want to know more about it and I want to dive into it. And I want to, you know, I want to educate myself on what is the reason for the marginalization of women in sport. Uh, You don't have to look very far. You can see it's just, it's consistent with uh, marginalization of women in society. You know, it's not that hard. Uh, and to think that you could just that, you know, women, it's your fault. You're not telling the stories, um, you know, and just these same people, you know, not dream on not understanding uh, the power that his voice could have. Uh, as he mentioned that there were companies that approached him about wanting to do things with him with regard to DE&I, um, you know, to, to help, you know, their company speak on it in support of it. And he declined in, in his in his words, it was because. Um, they weren't about it. They weren't, they weren't doing those things. And well, that's exactly the time that you need to step in and say, you know what, I'm not going to do this because you're, you know, you're kind of fronting, you know, this isn't really what you believe. And, and until you, you know, I will do this if you do this for women. So you can use your leverage that he has uh, as an NBA star uh, and use his voice, you know, to lift up uh, those that he was speaking about and, I just don't understand. It was such a big miss. I don't understand what, what he didn't get about that. And uh, I do think he got defensive and, and it went in a direction that he probably didn't, you know, set out on. But, um, yeah, he's, he's got to kind of rethink that. And you know what? If you don't, you can certainly be contrary to, you know, uh, what, what women are talking about. Absolutely. You know, that, that's not the issue. Uh, it's, I think, the falsehoods that, that were in his, in his statement and just, you know, a lack of, uh, of understanding you know, kind of the root of what the issues are. And hopefully he'll educate himself on that and and we'll be able to talk about how he came full circle. I hope so. Uh, but number two here in a second, we do want to thank Rudy Luther Toyota, a sponsor of the Cheryl Reeves Show. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. 
10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. also want to thank Cara Quinn, C-A-R-A-Q-U-I-N-N. Google her. You will find her at LinkedIn. You'll find her at uh, VibeMN.com. That's where she's working right now, Vibe Realty over in St. Paul, even though she really specializes in Minneapolis neighborhoods. My wife and I were driving around the other day looking at some cool areas that someday we hope to live and we will be enlisting Kara's help when that time comes. Uh, this is a very interesting market. Housing properties are up. You'll probably get a pretty good deal when you sell, but you want to get the best deal you can. And you're going to need to be able to move quickly if you want to buy. Uh, people are selling without even having uh, having people inspect their houses. It's such a seller's market right now that you need somebody on your side. Kara's been doing this a long time. She knows what she's doing. She's highly respected. So check her out. Google her. Go to Either go to vibemn.com or Google her. You'll see her impressive academic history, her good works. But also you, want, you just want a good realtor. She's a good realtor. So check out Kara Quinn from Vibe Realty. Uh, we also want to thank Bonfi Home Services. You'll hear more about them at the end of the show. So, but number two uh, is Gino R.E.M. Gino R.E.M. is Paige Becker's a freshman uh, smacked her coach in the butt at, during a big game. How often do you see that? <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with this one. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, you know, I think, gosh, there are so many, uh, and I know that, that Gino probably has done this a little bit. There's a lot of comparisons to Diana Taurasi. Uh, I think that was a moment that was the epitome of that. She's got some of that in her. Diana Trossi absolutely would have done that to Gino as a freshman. Um, you know, I'd have been scared, scared. <laughs> I'd have been scared to do that to my coach, uh, you know, in, in that moment. But, you know, I think it, it just shows a lot about her. Um, she's very confident, you know, likes to have fun. And, and uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. And uh, she has a nice blend of, obvious confidence. I mean, you can't do what she's doing unless you're very confident yourself. And yet she likes to defer to her teammates when, when she can. And she handles herself incredibly well in interviews. She has a, she always embraces the social justice aspect of things. Uh, and she's still in all those things, all these weighty things. She also seems to be allowing herself to be a kid who's having fun. Yeah. She really has the, the complete package. So shout out to her parents, her family, you know, that just kind of obviously uh, their hard work has paid off. And, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't come without the, the work of, you know, long, hard work of parents trying to impart, you know, those things and the importance of, you know, there's some humility to her. And and uh, yeah, I mean, I think she's she's set up pretty well for for the future. Not surprisingly, uh, ratings are looking really good for the women's tournament. And uh, we're, you know, there have even been some reports that social media engagement has actually been uh, more pronounced during women's games than during men's games. And we're seeing that some, some of the women's games have gotten better ratings than, among other things, uh, NBA games during this stretch. And again, I'm not really surprised by that, but it is heartening. And, it, and we talked about it last week with David Barry. It just feels like, you know, pe- people are understanding that this is – worth watching. If you're a sports fan, why would you you're, you deprive yourself of this this kind of quality entertainment? Yeah, that's just what we've been saying. You know, that there's going to come a day, uh, Jim, that you and I aren't going to really find this all that interesting to talk no. about. 
um, because this is what we've been saying and, and uh, you know, put us on, you know, give us the, the opportunities for, for people, fans to know where they can find the game. It's in a prominent location, the same place that you find men's sports. Uh, it's not at off hours. It's not on tape delay. Uh, you don't have to search through your phone and jump to a bunch of different links to try to figure out how the hell you can consume it. Uh, and so this is what this is what happens. Uh, and, and so not a surprise to us you know, that it's going so well. Happy for ESPN. I have said this before. ESPN bought low when mm-hmm. they when they uh, committed to the WNBA back in 2014. And then certainly their expansion and their coverage. Uh, of women's college basketball to, for the first year to have every single game in its entirety on, as opposed to the whip around coverage that we saw in the past. Uh, so their investment, um, you know, honestly is minimal in compared to the return that they're getting. Uh, so it, to me, it's a hell of a business deal and, um, you know, happy they they're in on it and, and happy that it's going really well for them. You've been uh, hinting, strongly hinting, that the WNBA draft would be April 15th. The league did finally confirm that. Uh, so we'll talk more about specifics as far as what you're looking for and some of the players. But just as just to preview all that kind of talk, what kind of a draft is this in terms of talent, depth, and uh, and is there a certain position that is maybe stronger than others? Yeah, I said the first part that's a little bit different than in past years is that because of the NCA allowing another year of eligibility to all these student athletes uh, in all the sports that. Um, you have to renounce your eligibility. So it's almost like, so every, every player uh, is an early entrant, so to speak. And so you, you know, the procedure is different. Um, You know, in the past when it was an absolute end to their career, they were automatically eligible for the draft. Now you have to communicate with the league and renounce your eligibility. Uh, So there are a fair amount of what I would call good players that are going to return to their schools for another year. Um, and, and then, you know, just the process, I told you, I, I was, I was kind of worried about that. I think, uh, you know, that deadline has passed. Um, I, I do think there's a couple th- more things that we have to work through in terms of getting the final, uh, list of players, but including, uh, the finishing of the final four, because those teams have players, uh, that, that could be eligible for the draft that will have to renounce their eligibility within 48 hours of their final game. So for example, tonight's games uh, that will be on the semifinals, uh, the loser of those games, if there are anybody, if there's anybody on those rosters that uh, want to be a part of the WNBA and are eligible, uh, then they have to within 48 hours, make that uh, decision known. Uh, So we're a few days away from kind of knowing the full uh, look of the draft. I would say that, it seems that overall, particularly in the, you know, if I speak to the first round, that's where most of our effort has gone as we only have one pick. And that is in the first round that it appears that it's probably slanted a little bit more towards guard play. Um, you know, there, I think the top of the draft will be heavy with regard to, to posts. Um, but then, you know, as we get, you know, past the, you know, kind of the third, I'd say probably about the third pick, uh, it's going to turn to, you know, being per, pretty, uh, uh, perimeter dominated. Uh, and then the second and third rounds, I think they'll probably be a, a decent balance. And, uh, but I would say the strength overall in this draft, uh, probably is guard play and, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting April 15th. And, and, uh, that'll be the last piece, you know, to the rosters. Um, and, and, and you know, that probably in addition to maybe a couple of training camp signings, uh, of players that, uh, either weren't in the league last year or, or went undrafted in this draft. You know, a couple of years ago, before that draft, when you took uh, Nafisa Collier, 
you know, you were trying to rebuild and you're trying to rebuild quickly. There's a lot of pressure on that pick. I know, I listen, I know that you have to do all the same due diligence because you don't know if you could move up or move down or trade for multiple picks or whatever, but your roster is pretty stacked now. Is there is there less pressure on getting someone who can contribute immediately or do you not think that way? I don't think that way. I, I feel pressure in every draft. Um, I want to make sure that, you know, for wherever we're picking that we're getting exactly – uh, either taking advantage of somebody maybe that wasn't picked as high as they should have been or making sure that there's no one below us that we would have rather have had three, four or five years from now. Um, so that's always the kind of the mission is to be so darn thorough. Uh, I'd like to have a player, you know, despite our the way that our roster looks, uh, that that it's a player that, you know, that we want to have and can be productive for us for the, the life of their rookie deal. Uh, that's what we're going for because I think that these rookie contracts are going to become, uh, you know, really important to teams like ours that uh, are swear- squarely in championship contention. Well, that means we spent a lot of money to do that, and that's what you saw from us this free agency period. So our roster is set in terms of, um, you know, maybe our core players, but you have to have those young players. We've seen that you have to have young players that that can be productive and. Uh, be ready when their number is called because you don't know when it's going to be. And, and uh, with a probably a roster size of 11 for us, uh, and, and we're still dealing with, um, you know, being in a pandemic, you know, 11 can go to, you know, smaller than 11 really quick. And so that player, you know, could be thrust into uh, playing time, you know, in their first year. So you're just hoping that, that you get somebody that's productive. I just want a really good basketball player. Uh, yeah, we can teach them things. They've got to learn. They've got to gain experience. But you want a basketball player that, you know, was productive in their college career or throughout their career, uh, even as a high school player. Um, so that's what we look for. And, and hopefully we'll find that in the 2021 draft. One more segment to go. I want to remind you that if you'd like to join our growing list of advertisers, you can reach out to Karen Cleary, the former Twins executive at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. Uh, we're going to be adding some very interesting shows to the network. Of course, I'm going to start doing my own talk show. We have a fairly big name who's going to be reintroduced to the network next week. We're in a, at another big name somewhere in the near future. We continue to grow. And we appreciate everyone who has helped us get to this point. Uh, so we don't, you know, we talk about social justice a lot, but it's not a requirement. We don't have to do it every week. Is there anything on your mind in that regard today? Yeah. I mean, I think, well, there's a couple of big things, you know, we, we talked about it off, off air a little bit that, you know, the massive move that you started uh, in, in, on your social media account where you <laughs> talked about uh, that we should, we should pull major league baseball uh, from Atlanta, the all-star game, as well as the draft as a result of the, restrictive uh, voting measures and uh, that, that the Georgia legislator passed, Republican legislator passed. And um, so as a result of that movement that you started, Jim, it came to fruition and there will not be major league baseball all-star game in Atlanta, nor will the, will the draft be there. So uh, really powerful stuff and uh, really excited that you had, you know, that you flexed your muscle in that situation. Well, you know, people listen to me. They, they do that. They, they absolutely do. And add in the, the second uh, part, you know, we, we just had uh, trans visibility day um, yesterday. And, and so there are also, again, politicians that are putting forth bills um, to discriminate against transgender people. And, and we have to make sure that, uh, that that momentum is stopped uh, that, that that's, there's 28 States that are currently uh, presenting uh, anti, 
uh, transgender in sports uh, legislation and le- legislation. Three states have actually passed it. So, um, you know, there again, there's um, Republican legislators that are trying to invoke fear uh, in people and, and act as if their legislation is in the name of protecting women. And, and we know that's simply not the case. Um, you know, that uh, I, I think for one, transgender equality is not as familiar to people. Uh, it's not something that they hear about. Uh, it's the same group that that tried to go down the path of, um, if you remember a few years back, there was the, um, the HV2 in North Carolina with regard, mm-hmm. I think they call it the bathroom bill. Uh, and so, you know, as, as um, you know, re- the Republicans sort of see transgender uh, issues as uh, when, it, when it pertains to uh, the sports that uh, somehow women are threatened, that our opportunities will be threatened. And it's simply false. Um, you know, we, we do not feel threatened by transgender athletes. We do, however, feel threatened that there is not, um, with regard to Title IX, uh, there, there is not the... Um, support necessary. That includes uh, the sexual assault portion of Title IX. There are so many ways that Republican legislators can actually support women that they have not paid attention to. Uh, Transgender equality is is not a place where we feel threatened. Just amazing. We have so many Americans who are afraid of transgender people, who are afraid of equality, of peaceful demonstrations. And those are the same people who don't think we should be afraid of crazy people carrying around AR-15s. Exactly. It, it's mind-boggling. And, you know, that's, uh, yeah. I, I think the thing that I, you know, that I hear the most, um, and, I, and I think it's probably, you know, I, I think as, you know, somebody who's been a part of the LGBT community for all of my life, um, I, it's just a lack of understanding. It's a lack of willingness to educate yourself um, just because it's not something that you can um, maybe yourself and your own experiences relate to doesn't mean that it's not real for for someone else. And, um, you know, the idea that that um, that uh, men would transition to become women to gain a competitive advantage, uh, that that would even exist is just laughable. Um, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, the, the transition process is one that's really, really difficult. Um, you know, there's a lot involved there. And, and, uh, so it's so shallow, I think, in terms of a person's thought to think, um, and, and, you know, here's the other thing too, you know, it, it sort of diminishes women's abilities to think that all you have to do is have, you know, a, a broader shoulder than women and that somehow you would dominate, uh, so stop diminishing what it takes to be successful in sport. It has a lot more to do with than than just being big. Uh, and so there, there's just so much there. You know, there, it's it got so many layers. But I just think that the root of ignorance is always because you just don't spend the time. You know, that maybe people that, that maybe someone isn't like you spend the time to understand more fully what the situation is before you, you know, you sort of spew false narratives. Well said, as always. Let's get a final basketball thought from Cheryl. Reminder, we have a great network. Cheryl Reeve on basketball, Roy Smalley on baseball, Michael Russo and Anthony LaPanta on hockey, John Krasinski on the Timberwolves. John and I also do the Viking Update show. We have Jeff Diamond, the former Vikings general manager, as well. We have Bar Down Beauties, which is a fun hockey show. And uh, we continue to go, go for whole. We continue to grow. We have tons of outdoor content at the site as well. Thanks again to everyone who listens. All right, Cheryl, any final thought you'd like to offer? 
just tune in tonight. Uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, semifinals start tonight in the in the women's final four out of San Antonio. And uh, enjoy the heck out of the games. I think it's going to be a heck of a final four. It's going to be great. Great. Uh, thank you, Cheryl. Thank you to Brandon. We'll talk to you soon. A lot of homeowners do not know that the sewer line that runs from the house underneath the front yard is the homeowner's responsibility until it connects to the city sewer. A sewer line can get clogged by tree roots, or the sewer line can crack or break or collapse because it's old, or the ground shifts over time. If the sewer line gets really clogged, it can cause sewage to back up into a home, and you do not want that. Some signs you might have a sewer line issue, toilets that gurgle, lower level showers and tubs that always drain slowly, laundry tubs that back up, a floor drain on the lower level that regularly backs up or drains slowly. Bonfi does drain and sewer services to help get things flowing again and make sure your sewer line gets taken care of. Bonfi can repair or replace your sewer line, or they can put a new liner inside of your old sewer pipe, making it like new again. If you have a sewer or drain problem, better call Bonfi. Save $150 off an intensive sewer line cleaning when you tell the folks at Bonfi you heard about it from John Krasinski.